0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai,
1: there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Appreciate you guys joining us today. We're going to go over Week Seven waiver wire rankings. We're going to go over some streamers.
2: We're going to go over all that. But first, Zach, how you doing, man? Um, not awesome. <laughs> Last night was just so boring. Again, you know, from a fantasy <laughs> perspective, like once Russell wasn't looked good to start. It was like promising for about a quarter, and then it just fell off. You know, I think he opened the game ten for ten for hundred some yards and a touchdown. Was it like it was perfect? And then the rest of the game, nothing happened. Like those were the stat lines for the game. <laughs> Nobody's literally hardly any point.
1: Second half, his first half stats. He ended the game with the same exact stats. It's just a, a ton more incompletions,
2: pretty yeah. much. He just hurt his completion percentage. It was just another rough primetime game for the Broncos. Um, are, are we? We had hopes that maybe dude? it would be good. Are we gonna say? Is what? Is,
1: is, is Russ washed?
2: Is uh, it over? It's for him? looking like it. It's looking like it, you know, he's not the same Russ he was in Seattle. And actually, we kind of saw a little bit of the regression, uh, maybe age catching up to him, I think towards the end of last season, where everyone blamed the dysfunction just on, like you like said, Pete Carroll and, you know, Seahawks being a bad team. <laughs> so it's looking like it was more maybe of a rust problem because Seahawks are not bad right now. Yeah, and I'm pointing at myself because yeah,
1: yeah. I was pounding the table. Like, how can you get rid of Russ and keep Pete Carroll? How can you do it? It, And it was, like, the most obvious thing to me, too. It seemed obvious. Yeah. But, man, was I wrong. I thought he could have bounced back last week, you know, an extra day of prep. He had 15 yards passing in the second half, including overtime. Like, are you serious?
2: And did you see there were more screen grabs of wide open receivers in front of him? It was a check down, I think, to – Greg Dol- Dolchich. Yeah. On in yeah. yeah, in the first half. Yeah,
1: in the first half. And the only reason why that wasn't an incompletion because he took a sack on that play.
2: Yeah, it's like, it's not looking good for the Broncos right now. Offensive two, problems. like Two
1: first-rounders, two second-rounders, first two second and $245 million. <laughs> yeah. This is bad. This is not
2: good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you're doing for the Broncos right now. You know, all fantasy talk aside, this is just rough for Denver, um, I'm sure Steve is, you know, rolling in sleep. You know, fancy guys. He's a Broncos fan. First Javante Williams goes down. Now this, it can't be. <laughs> he can't be happy.
1: It's really bad, man. And, and you know, you, you talk about an, an offense that you know we were coming into the year expecting this offense to to light it up. You know, got some weapons. Yeah. Got Russ. You know, maybe an offensive coordinator who maybe you know coach who who knows what he's doing. But it was basically a mid-off between these two coaches. Like, yeah, they both, even ha- like Hackett has no idea where he's at. Brandon mm-hmm. Staley also, you know, on the Chargers side, making some mind-boggling decisions too. Like, time management is still an issue for him. Um, yeah. It was just overall, uh, you know, such a weird game. And I feel like any game involving the Broncos ends up being this, like, Twilight Zone type of game. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, M- Melvin Gordon, seemingly benched yesterday he has no idea what's going on apparently based on a locker room interview that he did post game uh mm-hmm. latavius murray ended up taking over on early downs uh gordon did get the start but yeah. uh mike boone played that third down role this team was a disaster dude like why was gordon <laughs> taking away touches from javante williams if you're just going to bench him for a guy who just came off his couch
2: yeah <laughs> <You know laughs> I mean? it makes no sense dude it, it makes, makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. I can't believe the way things are going. Like Russell Wilson, the only thing he likes to do is throw the tight ends that you never heard of before. Who the heck is Eric Tomlinson registering a catch? Like, it's just a mess. Cortland Sutton finishes at the game with three targets and two receptions for, was it 13 yards, 14 yards? Like, this is a guy we're talking about, Cortland Sutton, that a lot of people, I know Andrew Erickson, I heard a ton, you know, from Fantasy Pros about him being the top 50 wide receiver. Everybody was high on Cortland Sutton. Everybody was high on this offense and none of the players that were supposed to be getting it done are getting it done. Nobody is doing anything for the Broncos right now. And they seem to be allergic to scoring more than 16 points. It's just bad news for Denver right now. Uh, It's so hard to talk about because like this is like one of the most surprising, you know, starts. I don't know if we want to call it a start now because this is this is a trend. You know, one of the worst and most surprising trends, I think, that we've seen in fantasy football for in a long time. Like this was supposed to be good.
1: They're averaging 15 two points per game, dead last in the NFL right now. Now you know, Latavius Murray, he does happen to be a waiver wire pickup because he simply <laughs> starts for an NFL team right now. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't drop Melvin Gordon or anything because you never know. He could either bounce back up into the RB one role, or he can make it to the Rams <laughs> or, some, or some other team that can use a running back. Right. He seems disgruntled. The team is a mess. This coach might get fired. Right, there's a lot of possibilities here, um, but we'll we'll see how that how that shakes out, and we'll get to Latavius Murray in a little bit once we talk about the waiver wire rankings. Um, Mike Williams, he was locked up in this game. Hopefully, you sold him after our Wednesday buy sell podcast last week, especially with Keenan Allen likely coming back this week. Joshua Kelly, he hurt his knee in this game, so Sonny Michelle effectively is the new handcuff there. The fact that Isaiah Spiller, you know, couldn't get playing time over either of those guys is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um and Greg Dulcich made his made his debut. He caught a touchdown, ran the most routes among any Broncos tight end. He's worth keeping an eye on, um but this offense is so inept. It's like I don't even want to pick him up. You know, even yeah. though he he's he was one of my favorite tight end um prospects coming out in in, in this draft. He he looked really good. He his numbers really were eye popping uh coming into the league and I was very interested. Albert O was in, it was inactive, this game. So it's it's his show. It's going to be Greg Dulcich's show, and and that's his, in his first game coming back. He was able to do what he did, um. So he's worth paying attention to. But listen, this offense is just bad right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can't rely on anybody in this
1: offense at all. Bye weeks. This week, Bills, Vikings, Eagles, and Rams. So you might need to pick up some players, you know, to fill in this week. Um. So let's get right into the waiver wire rankings, man. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Rondell Moore at number one here. Uh, we've been talking about Moore for weeks, right? And now with the Hollywood Brown injury, Moore looks like he's guaranteed a solid target share uh for the foreseeable future out of the slot. Yeah. Uh so you know, big preference to roster him in full PPR leagues since his A dot is relatively low. Uh, but he's probably my favorite pickup this week.
2: Yeah, he really has to be, you know, with the injury to Marquise Brown. He's the clearest um, option um, that's going to get more work in the Cardinals offense. And, you know, across the league right now, this is it's not anywhere near the priority of like a Kenneth Walker pickup. But, you know, he should definitely be somebody if he's sitting on the wire I would I would throw some fab at him because he can produce for you pretty well. He did get a lot of targets last week, too, with Marquise Brown playing part of the game. So Kyler Murray's obviously going to be looking his way. Um, we have yet to see the Cardinals' offense look good. They've been stuck in neutral. Um, arguably, you know, the Cardinals' offense has looked better um, than Denver's recently. You know, if the Cardinals are in neutral, then Denver's in reverse. But um, Rondo Moore, you know, he should be a good pickup.
1: Yeah, Michael Gallup here at number two. He's seen 22% target share over the last two weeks, and Dak is coming back uh, this week, it seems like. So, Yeah. Uh, you know, Gallup's a very talented player. He's running full wrap participation, and he is the number two target behind C.D. Lamb right now.
2: Right. And then I think I think, you know, this is just a little nugget that I can throw out there because I am a Cowboys fan. and I watched this game the last time um, Dallas played Detroit. Michael Gallup had himself a big game. So, you know, if you could pick him up, he could be an instant starter. I think you don't want to just base it on that. But Dak Prescott will be back. Dak Prescott tends to distribute the ball very well. Um, Michael Gallup should be a guy that should be rostered. Definitely. We've we've had him on the waiver wire list, along with Rondell Moore, I think, since like week two. So yeah. <laughs> if you don't have him yet, you know, go get him. Because, you know, he'll, he'll be able to... I, I,
1: would, I would start Michael Gallup as a wide receiver three this week. Um, yeah. I, I think I think they're going to pass the ball more with Dak back. Um, I, I think, you know, the Lions offense, you know, could... If Amara St. Brown is back, they should be able to... And, you know, DeAndre Swift back as well, potentially. So, yeah. you know, this could be a little bit of a high-scoring game uh, if, you know, <laughs> if the Lions can get through Dallas' defense. Now, yeah. between these two guys, let me ask you a question. Would you rather have Gallup or would you have... Rondo Moore. I'd rather have more. I have my number one
2: here. Mm-hmm.
1: Are you looking at Gallup as a better ad than more?
2: I think given the situation now, Rondo Moore would be my pick. Two days ago it would have been Michael Gallup. But you know, right. because Marquise Brown's going to be out, I think Rondo Moore is a better pick. But it's not by much. You know, if you don't get Rondo Moore and Michael Gallup's on the wire, don't be disappointed if you have to settle for Michael Gallup. You know, he's a population prize.
1: You know, in a half PPR league or in a standard league, I might lean Gallup.
2: You yeah, know, no, in he a full, in, yeah. A, in
1: a full PPR, I might go Rondell. Um, but between those two, like if I'm not in a full PPR, I might lean Gallup because I feel like he'll probably score more touchdowns.
2: Yeah, and you you mentioned uh, Rondo Moore's A dot being a little bit low, you know, compared yeah. to the rest of the league. Um, Michael Gallup is a big play guy, so yeah, yeah. I would say he, he, he's <laughs> like a bargain barrel. G- Gabe Davis. <laughs>
1: you know I I'm I'm was just looking at his A dot. Got yeah, Michael Gallup, and it's pretty high. It's like fifteen yeah. or sixteen or something like that. So he's yeah, no. he's being targeted down the field. Rondo Moore and and Greg Dorch's A dot is about the same at like five or six yards. Yeah. Um. So a lot of passes, new line of scrimmage. Rondell Moore, if I'm in a full PPR league, I'm cool. If I really, really need a receiver, I'm cool dropping like 15, 20%. Um, if I need a wide receiver three. Uh, Michael yeah. Gallup, I'll probably drop around 15%, something like that.
2: I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I'd even shoot. I, I'd be surprised. Like I said, Michael Gallup is on the waiver. I'd shoot for 10 because I think if he's on the waiver, then people are really undervaluing me. Maybe you could get him at a yeah. little bit of a bargain price. It's
1: possible. I mean, there, there is news that Dak is coming back, so maybe that's gonna like maybe you know. The, the good thing about this though, like you you bring up a good point too, because he's been like quote unquote underperforming, like he hasn't put up big numbers, yeah. right? So because of that, you you you're right, you might not have to spend up for a Gallup. Um, but just be careful with that. Whoever has uh whoever has Hollywood Brown. You know, if he just lost, they just lost him. So Gallup yeah. could be, if Gallup wasn't your waiver wire, you best believe they're going to go after him.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, you talk about Rondo Moore and Michael Gallup. Rondo Moore's been, he's, I think he's a clearer pickup, but he might be in a worse offense now than Michael Gallup with Dak Prescott coming back. Hopefully, the Cowboys offense can get back to looking like it did last season. Obviously, it didn't look very good in week one. That was against the tough Bucks defense. I think this one should be a good spot for the Cowboys offense to get right. And we've been saying this about a bunch of teams, you know, offense should get right this week. Offense should get right this week. (laughs) Denver, you know, Arizona, it hasn't happened. So hopefully, you know, Dallas could break that mold and Michael Gallup could end up being actually a really good um, steal if you could get him on the waiver wire.
1: We have Alec Pierce here at number three. Uh, Indy is passing the ball more. And, you know, Pierce is a second-round pick who's producing. He's averaging close to 70 yards a game over his last four. Uh, He's being targeted down the field. He has more air yards than Michael Pittman this year. And uh, you got to remember that this is, you know, his the, his first few games of his career. So there is room for improvement here. Um, Pierce, you know, someone that I wasn't too high on coming in uh, to the league. But, you know, he's showing that he belongs and he just caught the game winning touchdown this past week. And I feel like if they're going to continue to pass like they've been passing over the past couple games in terms of volume um, and also in neutral game scripts, they also have been passing a little bit more that might have to do a little bit with Jonathan Taylor being banged up. Yeah. Um. But, you know, Alec Pierce is somebody that should be on rosters right now.
2: Yeah. I like Alec Pierce. You know, he's kind of, kind of settled in as the number two behind Michael Pittman. I think that's actually opened up a different dynamic and allowed Matt Ryan to kind of settle in a little bit more in the Indianapolis offense. It's only good news. I think Alec Pierce, you know, they obviously trust him. They chucked it up to him with 20 some seconds left in the game you know, he's a focal point of the offense and he should continue to produce. If he scores a touchdown each week, I think we're looking at a low end, maybe wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. I, I like him.
1: 100%. Um, Wondell Robinson here at number four. He came in this past week. He made his first start. Uh, actually, no, he didn't start the game, but he received 16% target share. Okay. He yeah. only ran 11 routes and he had 16% target share. He, had, he got 34% targets per route run. Uh, And he was targeted four times. And when you compare that to guys like Darius Slayton and Marcus Johnson, who each ran 24 routes, they got targeted three and four times. (laughs) So, like, that tells you what you need to know that when Wandel's on the field, he's going to get his targets. So, I'd expect his playing time to go up, you know, this week, going into the following week, and it only getting up from there. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. And I'd even bet that he leads the Giants in targets in week seven.
2: I wouldn't be surprised either. Did you watch? You know the way he plays. You know when he catches the ball, he's looks super like twitchy. He, be, he, yeah, twitch. That's the word that I was going to say. He yeah. looks like he's electric. He, it looks like he could be able to do a lot after the catch. You know, he, he. I don't want to say he reminds me of Tyreek Hill, but his change of direction is like ridiculous. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a big part of this Giants offense moving forward. He might unlock the passing game a little bit. It's been quiet through the air for New York through these first few weeks, but. I think Wanda getting Ron, Wando Robinson back will be huge. They drafted him in the second round. They obviously had um, an idea of how they wanted to use him. We didn't expect him to go that high. I think you had him as a projected fourth or fifth round pick in your rookie yeah. kit or something like that. So it was a bit yep. of a surprise seeing him go that early, but you know, that's usually indicative of whether of um, how they plan to use him. I think they're going to use him a lot. So he's one of my priority pickups this week. Yep.
1: Uh, Gus Edwards could come back this week. I have him here at number five, uh, according to John Harbaugh, You know, So he has been practicing, by the way, for a couple weeks now. And Harbaugh did say that he could make his debut this week. Um, Now, J.K. Dobbins is also banged up, right? Um, He might not even get a full workload if he does come back this week. So I think it just makes sense to grab Edwards, whether if he's available on the wire right now, whether you're planning on starting him or not. Because like whether Dobbins is hurt, banged up right now or not, Dobbins is probably going to be at least the number two behind Dobbins right and depending on who is looking better you never know like one can get touches over the other and Gus Edwards could get touches over Dobbins because Dobbins hasn't looked amazing he hasn't looked like himself and you know he's getting these he's getting nicked up a little bit like his knee you know hopefully there's no swelling in his knee we we don't want that and we don't know what the extent of that you know uh injury that he had was um he said it just was tightening up I don't know what that means. So so, so we'll see uh, what those reports are this week, if he's able to play or not.
2: Yeah, for the Ravens' backfield, it's looking like it's going to be a game-by-game thing. You know, whoever has the hot hand, that's who's going to be getting the ball. Last week, it was Kenyon Drake. Before that, it was J.K. Dobbins. I wouldn't be surprised if once Gus Edwards rotates in, uh, he'll be getting some carries and be looking good. Um, You know, at this point, it's tough to pinpoint one running back to start each week. It's going to come down to just, like I said, whoever has the hot hand, maybe... You know, um, John Harbaugh is just spinning a wheel in the in the locker room and deciding whoever it lands on is going to get the carries. That's what it seems like at this point. But um, Gus Edwards, you know, he was he's actually a pretty good running back when he is on the field. He's just missed a lot of time. Um, I don't have a problem with picking him up at this point, especially with you know J.K. Dobbins being a little banged up. If he ends up missing time, Gus Edwards could see a little bit more work because the fewer heads in the backfield, the better. You know, in terms of fantasy production, it'll be much more easy to identify who's going to be getting those carries. So Gus Edwards, I don't have I, I like him at five.
1: Yeah, I think eventually it's the it's going to be J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and that's it. And then yeah. Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake, and you know the guy who I keep forgetting his name. they Justice Hill. They're always <laughs> going to be like they're going to be like. I'm I would assume Mike Davis would just get cut once Gus
2: Edwards is is good to go. I'm surprised um, he's still on the roster at this point. But no. you know, I don't, I don't he, want to crap on Mike Davis, but I'm just surprised the way that he's been used. I don't see how he's contributing to the 53-man roster. I like think
1: that. it's literally only because these guys get hurt. Right, Justice Hill yep. got a head a hamstring injury over the past couple of weeks. Keep an eye on that. That's the reason why I, I don't have Kenyon Drake here in the top ten, because I don't trust him. Like you know, no. especially if Gus Edwards comes back this week. Now, if there's no Gus Edwards this week, there's no Justice Hill, and there's no J.K. Dobbins. Sure. <laughs> you yeah. can play Kenyon Drake as an upside flex play. That's that's what I'll say. Um, and you never know because Mike Davis could potentially take 50% of that work. You never yeah. know. Right? Also, in this past game, uh, when J.K. Dobbins was out, um, Mike Davis got two of the three goal line snaps. Okay? So, mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Now, he, he didn't see any snaps. But when it was goal line time, he was on the field. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got to keep all that in mind. Potentially, yes. <laughs> Rashad White, I have my number six. He's going to continue to be here. He's one of the best handcuffs in fantasy football. He's a ticking time bomb, league-winning type of player sitting on your bench. Just yeah. grab him. Put him there. Don't touch him.
2: Yeah, it's, this is like, you know, the alert that you get every week. Just your weekly reminder to pick up Rashad White if he's there. You know, there's not much else to say about it. We did kind of determine with Leonard Frenette getting the bulk of the carries these past two weeks that he is a handcuff pretty much, and that's it. He doesn't have much standalone value. Um He's the handcuff, like you said, he's league winning. Where it could be a situation like it was with Kenneth Walker if Leonard Fournette would go down.
1: 100%.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Now, I have Robert Tunyon here as a pickup at number seven. His route participation kept rising throughout the season, and he's finally at a threshold where you should feel comfortable starting him. He ran a route on 76. Percent of Aaron Rodgers' dropbacks on Sunday. That's a 12 targets. That's a 27% target share. And, you know, given you never know which wide receiver is going to come through for you on the Packers, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of constants on the Packers. If this route percentage does not go down for Robert Tunyon, I think Tunyon can be the constant in the passing game.
2: Yeah, you know, I like it. He's one of the uh, remnants of what's left <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers has been used to throwing to. Obviously, he missed a little time. Was it last year or the year before? Um, you know, he, he was out for most of the season, but he's come back and it looks like he's building back up that rapport with Aaron Rodgers. And in this Packers receiving court, it seems like it's going to be one or another every week. Robert Tunyon, you know, in a tight end world where there's not much, you know, Tunyon could end up being a decent play uh, for each week because of uh, the upside, the rapport that he has with Aaron Rodgers. Nobody else really has that uh, route participation like we're talking about um besides the top few tight ends mark andrews travis kelsey so just take a swing at robert Tunyon. chances are you don't have anybody better for your t- as a tight end on your roster you know there's no harm in picking him up
1: i heard Jahan Dotson here at number eight no word on what when he's going to be back um but he's been dropped in a bunch of leagues he said he doesn't want to rush the injury so he might not be back this week yeah but there's going to be a qb change in washington uh taylor heineke is taking over for carson wentz who has a finger injury that's going to keep him sidelined for four weeks or so? So the target distribution can change in Washington, and it's worth grabbing a first-round rookie who had four touchdowns in his four games in his first four games in the league. You know, yeah. on your bench at the very least, right? Yeah. Um, and and you know the target distribution. He was third in targets, you know, behind Samuel and McLaurin when he was on the field, but mm-hmm. you never know. That could switch over, um, pretty easily. So and even if he doesn't like he's been he has a nose he has a nose for the end zone he's been above double digit fantasy points uh in 4 of his 5 games played so yeah no he's somebody that I want to have on my roster he's been dropped in a ton of leagues
2: Yeah I'd be surprised if he's been dropped you know the way I view Jahan Dotson might not be the way the fantasy community overall views Jahan Dotson but I wasn't you know he might miss a little bit of time but I wasn't ever going to drop him because he looks like the guy that I kind of expected him to be, just a solid receiver. And like you said, he has a nose for the end zone. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. I don't see how you would be someone to drop him, you know. I think that he shouldn't be on the waiver wire. But if he is, absolutely pick him up. And this is a long-term ad as well as a short-term ad. As soon as he comes back, he's going to produce. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to continue to produce. I wonder if Sam Howell is going to see the field at all, you know, with Taylor Heineke coming in. I don't think Taylor Heineke is going to, you know – show out and really just like inspire confidence that he's going to be able to guide them through this Cooper Rush-esque you know but um I, I think that if Sam Howell goes and maybe Jahan Dotson could build a connection with him he knows two rookies uh coming in I- I'd like to see that
1: yeah I would as well it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case like just like yeah. kind of reading the tea leaves of what's what they've been talking about but you know if Taylor Heineke really struggles then I could see that happening for sure right. um we mentioned latavius Murray I have him here at number nine uh you know Melvin Gordon got benched Murray took over on early downs doesn't seem extremely permanent to me you know the offense is bad and that's why Murray isn't higher on this list but if you need a running back start for this week, I think Murray is probably the top ad you know if I knew Gus Edwards was playing this week maybe it would be him it would yeah. probably be him um but if I needed it for this particular week it would probably be latavius Murray
2: Yeah, he's a short-term ad, you know, short-term fill-in. I don't think Latavius Murray is going to continue to get these touches. Um, I don't like the offense, and I don't like targeting players on bad offenses, really, especially on waivers. Um, It depends if you're running fab or if you're running just rolling waivers. Like, if you have priority, that's a thing. Um, Instead of fab, you know, I wouldn't worry about picking up Latavius Murray. There are better players that are going to come around. I think that um, he's kind of off my radar. He had a decent night, but it wasn't anything to be, you know, overreacting about
1: Robbie Anderson here is here at number 10 um there's a world where Robbie Anderson is a wide receiver three with upside on the Cardinals we saw that AJ Green was able to do a little bit of that last year when he was a wide receiver three for several weeks um I think he's a better player than AJ Green is at this point of their careers so I do think he ends up supplanting AJ Green on the outside opposite DeAndre Hopkins um, and then you have Rondell Moore and Zachary in like, the two slot positions on this offense that runs a ton of uh, 10 personnel. All these guys will be able to see the field at once. Um, So, you know, I can totally see him being, you know, a, a solid complement to DeAndre Hopkins. This offense is super basic. Rondell Moore is going to be running short routes, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be running mostly intermediate routes, and Robbie Anderson will likely be going deep. And that is the formula yeah. for anybody who wants to defend the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but I, I can see a couple of those plays going Robbie Anderson's way. So I think he's worth a prospective add. Wouldn't be starting him anytime soon. Wouldn't be starting him even if we know he's playing. I want to see how he's used and, and how much he's used.
2: Right. And if he ends up having a big role in this offense, maybe, you know, you can use him as a trade piece. Um, I don't think he's going to have that much value, but you know, if things go well, if you're going to have him, I think if you pick him up, like you said, you're going to have him on your bench. If he appreciates on your bench, good. And if he doesn't, you know, it's, he's just a waiver wire ad. you can drop him again. I'm not expecting too much because the Cardinals offense is still looking pretty rough. Um, you know, shout out Cliff Kingsbury. But, um, I think that Robbie Anderson is kind of just one of those guys. I think he's got a production very similar to what he had in Carolina. You know, he had that one big game, big game to open the year. Uh, with Carolina. And it seemed like, you know, his trade was inevitable before season. And now it's happened. Um, I don't necessarily like where he's going to fit. I do think he's going to run the deep routes, like you said, but I'm not imagining him having a very big role.
1: Yeah. The reason why I like pass catchers on the Cardinals, even though the offense isn't scoring a ton of points is because they run a lot of pass plays and, and they run a lot of plays in general. So there's a lot, of play, a lot of plays to go around for this team. And there's a lot of you know, offensive opportunity, despite, you know, like for example, like Zach Ertz, this, this Zach Ertz is getting it done. Rondell Moore is getting it done. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, so, you know, we had weeks where Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz and Greg Dortch were getting it done for fantasy, you know, all in the same week. Right. And, right. and that's the reason why, you know, this offense can be good. You know, especially in PPR leagues, because these, these guys are just racking up perceptions. Um, I think Robbie Anderson is a good player. Um, I think that you know we saw what he was able to do with Teddy Bridgewater a couple years ago, uh, in Carolina. You know he he became more of a possession receiver with Teddy. Um, I, I I don't think that's how he's going to be used in this in this offense. Um, I don't think he'll be running exclusively deep routes, kind of like the, what we saw out of Christian Kirk um, two years ago when he was playing on the outside. That's yeah. kind of how I envision his role, um, because I don't see these roles really changing much. And I don't see Cliff Kingsbury really compliment, like, you know, using these players like adv- to, to their full potential. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I can see him being somewhat valuable, Um. but I, I don't see his ceiling
2: being too high. Now, I think that's a fair analysis. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Moving,
1: moving to number 11, Naheem Hines. This is just in case Jonathan Taylor misses another game. Um, I, I'd expect Taylor to play since he got some practices in last week. And Hines should be able to get out of the concussion protocol in time for week seven. Um, he did return to, I think he returned to a full practice, if I'm not mistaken, on l- l- this past Friday. Um, so he should be back this week. Uh, yeah. Deion Jackson obviously did his thing on Sunday, but he has a quad injury. Uh, and even if he's good to go this week and JT misses, I'm going to assume that Hines takes a big chunk of that work away from Jackson. And Jackson isn't that same type of like. Workhorse type of back that we saw this past week.
2: Yeah. And if it's going to be any work that Naeem Hines is taking, it's going to be the receiving game work, which is where Deion Jackson really made his money last week. He did have that rushing touchdown, but, you know, 10 catches on 10 targets. I don't think that's going to be happening again for Deion Jackson in any world where Naeem Hines is starting in the Colts' backfield. You know, I I like Naeem Hines as a better overall player. Deion Jackson, you know, he had a good week. It's nice to see that, you know, it seems like the Colts' stable of running backs, you know, see what I did there. Um, Yep. Their stable of running backs is pretty good. You know they get they got some good talent back there, and it doesn't matter who's going to be playing, they'll be able to produce. But um, if you want to talk about receiving work, and they're going to be splitting it up, Naeem Hines is going to get that receiving work over Deion Jackson, I think, every day of the week. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: I have Jalen Warren here at twelve. Um, you know Warren is going to be here until he's rostered. In a majority of leagues, (laughs) one of the few every down handcuffs left, Uh, in case Najee gets hurt, in case he continues to not play well, he's another one of those ticking time bombs who can win leagues if he's ever called up. You know, not as good of a handcuff as, um, as Rashad White, White. but Rashad White's on a really good offense, right? And you know, he's Jalen Warren's not, but he does look good. He looks good. Um, so even on a not so great offense, I think Warren can be a much better three down running back than Najee Harris. We're just saying a lot.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't. I don't think it says as much about Jalen Warren, you know, being this handcuff, as it does about Najee Harris just not really performing. You know, he's been here the whole season. I think on the waiver wire um, since was it week two or three? I forget. Jalen Warren's been here for a while, and you know, like you said, he is a ticking time bomb. Not necessarily to the extent, like you said, of Rashad White. But I don't have a problem with picking up Jalen Warren. I have a. I know I've seen him roster in a lot of the leagues that I'm in. Uh, so people might be listening to what we're saying. Maybe they listen to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Um, but go get him if he's on the waiver wire,
1: for sure. Um, so I have a few. We have a few wide receivers next. We have Zay Jones, followed by Josh Reynolds, followed, followed by Donovan Peoples Jones. And I kind of bucket these guys together uh, in one kind of tier. Um, Jones is right. Zay Jones is right behind Christian Kirk in target share. Kirk has twenty two percent. Jones has twenty one percent. He leads the Jaguars in catches. He has a higher target share than Kirk over the last two weeks. He only caught five balls this past week, but no other wide receiver saw more than five targets. Um, He also had 50% of the air yards this this past week. So, you know, looking kind of past like the raw target numbers there, um, and he caught all five of his targets this week. So he should be in rosters at the very least. Not the best matchups in the world against the Giants and Broncos over the next two weeks, but it does open up. Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, Titans. And I would expect in those games, the, char- the Jaguars passing offense to play a lot better.
2: Yeah, there should be plenty of time for them to get out of this funk that they're in. You know, we talked about the Jaguars not being the same old Jaguars, and suddenly Trevor Lawrence has reverted back to 2021 form. Um, it's going to take him, and I said this last week, it's going to take him getting back into shape, you know, throwing the football like he was the first two weeks of the season for uh, these Jaguars receivers to be relevant. Um, if anyone is going to be relevant over the stretch, though, while they get things right, I think it's going to be Zay Jones. I think you have that
1: right. Josh Reynolds, you know, Amaras St. Brown said he's feeling better. My guess is that he'll play. But I think Reynolds should be added in case he can't go again. Um, even if he does, Reynolds still has a chance to, you know, of doing his thing. Um, you know, he's in the same tier as Zay Jones, but he's just on a better offense. So maybe you want to pick up Josh Reynolds over Zay Jones, but I think Zay Jones probably has more season-long appeal. You know, just because Josh Reynolds is kind of taking advantage of Amara being hurt, DJ Shark being hurt, um, and then eventually you have um, you, you have the rookie, what's his name, uh, coming in. Jameson uh, Williams. Eventually. Jameson Williams coming in eventually, you know, probably like you know, week 10-ish, week 11-ish, something like that. Um, yeah. So that's why he's on the waiver wire rankings just yet. I don't want to hold him right now for like five weeks on my bench uh, yeah. unless you have an IR spot and you're not using it. But, you know, I think Reynolds could be a short-term potential – you know somebody who can get it done for you if these wide receivers continue to miss time
2: yeah and you know we talked about it a little bit you know josh josh reynolds is also benefiting you know from a connection with jared Goff, they both came over from the rams over the past few seasons um i i like josh reynolds you know i think that i'd be surprised if he's on the waiver wire he put up 15 21 and 15 points before going on by last week um If he's on the waiver wire, I'm picking him up 100% because this guy, as long as I'm I'm on Ross St. Brown is iffy with his injury, you know, and it seems like he's playing through it and that might be limiting his production a little bit. You know, I I think Jared Goff is going to continue to look Reynolds way and that's, you know, good for fantasy. Um, If you could get him on the waiver wire, you know, you might have yourself a solid flex.
1: Yeah, he's seen nine, 10 targets, you know, in a few games this year. So it's not something that, you know, we should just, you know, leave on the waiver wire. Yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, another wide receiver you can add if you need help this week through the buys. Um, he's seen at least nine PPR fantasy points in four of his five played games. He's had at least 50 yards receiving in four of his five games played. And then he has some extra appeal once Deshaun Watson comes back, assuming he does stay on your roster until week, what is it, week 12 that Deshaun Watson's back? Yeah. Um, so it, if he ends up in your ros- if staying on your roster, if you're in a deeper league and you ends up staying in your roster for six weeks, then you have some appeal there. Um, but for now, I think he, he's a solid add. Um, somebody who could potentially give you 9 or 10 points, you know, at least in a PPR league.
2: Yeah, that's really the only function I see him, you know, having. If you look, you know, Amari Cooper's dominating target share, even though he's not scoring or producing very well. It seems like Jacoby Brissett is just dialed into Amari Cooper. Not to say that Diamond Peoples-Jones won't get a couple of targets. I think that he is good for what we've, you know, outlined him to have. But I think that Amari Cooper is the number one there. I'm not prioritizing down with people's Jones, but if I need him to fill in, you know, I have no problem with him filling in for a couple of bye weeks.
1: If you're looking for upside, I think Tyquan Thornton is probably the upside hold, like grab and hold. Um, you know, he scored two touchdowns in relief of Kendrick Bourne. It's possible Bourne misses this week, and if he does, Thornton is in play. Uh, either way, like I said, it makes sense to pick him up as a prospective add in case he ends up getting more playing time. He was hurt to start the year. Um, now he's getting healthy, and he looks healthy. In this game, so that we just saw. So the Patriots drafted him in the second round. He's very fast. We saw that, yeah. we saw that speed uh, on that end around that he got uh, for the touchdown. And um, somebody that I, I think I'll be looking to pick up if you're just looking for somebody who has some upside, maybe later in the year.
2: Yeah, I like it. You know, so suddenly this Patriots offense looks decently dynamic. You know, they have a couple of guys at wide receiver, with Devontae Parker kind of showing, um, turning back the clock a little bit. Jacoby Myers being a reliable target. Now Tyquan Thornton being the gadget guy that they have. I like the way they use him last week. They did have a lot of possessions. Um, they ran a lot of plays because the Browns were turning the ball over a lot. And uh, it was just a rough game for them. But, you know, the offense, I had written them off with Mac Jones out as being, you know, completely, a fa- pretty much a fancy wasteland outside of Ramondre Stevenson. But um, it looks like Bailey Zappy's quarterbacking it to the point where, you know, we can actually rely on a couple of Patriots receivers. Um, Tyquan Thornton is, I think, the upside guy out of the receiver room. Devontae Parker, you know, he's pretty solid. He has a decent floor. And Jacoby Myers, too, also with the floor. I don't have a problem with any of these guys. But Tyquan Thornton, I, I'd pick him up if he's on the waiver wire.
1: Damian Williams uh can potentially come back this week. I have him here at number 17. He's a prospective ad uh to see if he just leaps in front of Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley and just gets all the work. It is yeah. possible because he was slated to be the number one running back coming into the year for the Falcons. So he's a deeper ad uh if you don't have much running back depth, right? Just to see what happens there. Like if I only have like two usable running backs, right? I would probably pick up Damian Williams, put him on my bench and see what happens because. That running by depth is always important, and if one of your running backs gets hurt, you know you like. All right, I'm glad I picked up Damian Williams because oh look, he's their RB one again. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. You know, they do run the ball a lot. I, I, you know, if this ends up being like a three man timeshare or a two man timeshare, I'm probably not interested anymore. Um, But I'm I'm only picking him up picking him up in case they they had him slated to be the guy. Um, Yeah, you know, obviously Cordell Patterson is going to come back soon. He's going to be involved, but for now. David Williams could be that guy and it's something to keep an eye on
2: yeah and as we know you know Arthur Smith isn't dialed into fantasy football he told us this isn't fantasy football they're just trying to win and it's weird because it's kind of working you know without throwing the ball to their playmakers and Kyle Pitts and Drake London and there hasn't been any one guy at running back for the Falcons even with Cordero Patterson out you know, they've been able to get it done on offense. Or Actually, I think I saw a post somewhere that's the ninth highest scoring offense so far the Falcons have. So they're not getting it done with the playmakers that you think they are. I I think Damian Williams, I think he's a prospective ad just because, you know, he hasn't had his turn yet. So because, well, because he's been off the field, but he he might get his turn, um, his at-bat this week um, if he plays. So I I like Damian Williams as an ad.
1: Uh, I have Hunter Henry here. Uh, His route participation was over 80% each of the last two weeks. Uh, One with John one without that led him to getting five and seven targets over the last two games Have to be cautious with him. But if you really need a tight end, he should be available on most waiver wires. Um, Stefan here in the comments is asking, you know, how do we feel about Daniel Bellinger? You know, he's evolving the Giants offense as just a rookie and seems to have a stable floor with some touchdown upside every week. Uh, And yeah, that's what it seems like to me as well. I think Daniel Bellinger, uh, you know, if you need a tight end, need someone to just fill in, get get you a couple points. Um, you know, I think he, you're right. You know, he has shown a, a floor. He's just scored a touchdown this past week. Um, you know, and it's really him and wandell Robinson at this point being the two guys, you know, getting being very involved in the passing game. Even Saquon isn't like a really involved in the passing game a ton. You know, he's yeah. getting a few targets every game. But I was expecting Saquon to potentially be getting like six, seven targets a game, honestly, <laughs> coming into the year because they just didn't have anybody, right? right. Um, but that's not the case. But that's a really good point by Stefan. Appreciate you, man. Um, and then I have Kyron Williams here at number nineteen. Williams was supposedly, you know, going to be part of this backfield rotation before he got hurt in the preseason. So right. with Cam Akers done with L.A., Dale Henderson, you know, not showing anything so special, you know, Williams can have some appeal once he's back off of IR. So he's a stash right now. You're likely going to have to keep him on your bench for a couple weeks before he can do anything for you, but there's a little bit of an opening, potentially, in this Rams backfield right now.
2: Yeah, I don't think that the Rams are too happy with where they're at at running back right now. Obviously, Cam Akers are shopping him, so he's kind of out of the picture. And Daryl Henderson, you know, they've had him. He's been a decent fill-in for them, but he's not a game-changing running back. Um, I thought that maybe he'd be a bigger factor in the offense. Um, this season, but that hasn't been the case because the offense just doesn't look the same. Um, I, I think Kyron Williams, anybody really has an outside shot of getting some work in this backfield. Um, I think it would be wrong to write Kyron Williams off. He might be a little bit, but, um, you know, take advantage. We're telling you to hope to get him now. Go get him now and then, you know, reap the rewards later. I, I think I don't think the Rams move. For a running back at this point you know at the trade deadline you know there are a couple reports saying that the rams are interested in christian mccaffrey but i don't think they have the capital to make a move like that and i don't think they're interested in signing anybody um not signing anybody trading for anybody that's not going to be a higher impact player than daryl henderson there's not many players now if the rams are go get kareem hunt you know i might change my tune but as of right now kyron williams looks like a pretty good pickup
1: wow that would be nice wouldn't it? Can okay, you like, imagine if, if Kareem Hunt wants the Rams? Yeah, that would be, nice. be nice. Imagine, and
2: I think that's not completely out of the realm of possibility. You know, I don't think that Kareem Hunt is a guy that's going to be, you know, a couple first round picks like the Panthers want for Christian McCaffrey. Um, no, I, I you think could probably that get him
1: for a fourth. You could probably get him for a fourth rounder.
2: Yeah, so that would that would be interesting, I think, to see if Kareem Hunt maybe gets moved because he hasn't been playing very well. He had a good, I think, first week with the Browns, but he hasn't been playing very well. He hasn't been getting many touches. Actually, I think he was out, out touched by Dearest Johnson last week. Um, so just something to keep on the radar, especially if you're a Kareem Hunt manager, you know, things could get better if he would move. And I think now that I'm talking about it, the Rams might be an ideal destination.
1: (laughs) Zach just convinced himself on the podcast that that he should be looking into more Kareem Hunt shares. He needs to be, I I
2: think he needs to be moved (laughs) to Los Angeles.
1: Kenyon Drake, I have him here at number twenty. We talked about him. You know, <laughs> the only way like I want, I'm going to play him this week is if Jake Dobbins, Gus that. Edwards, yeah, and Justice Hill all don't play.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much
1: when I'm going to play Kenyon Drake at this point, despite him having a big game last week. All right, um, that's it, man. Um, so I, I, Jared brought up a, a, what about Cade Otten? Um, you know, obviously with Cameron Brace's injury. You know, it does make sense to pick up Otten as a prospective ad. He could see a high rep participation, uh, you know, with Brayt out. And we've seen Brady, you know, target tight ends on this offense. So I'm I'm perfectly fine picking up uh, Otten. It seems like he does need a fourth target, you know, behind, you know, Godwin, behind Mike Evans, behind his running backs. So I think Otten could have a role, especially in the in the red zone.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, that's true. You know, Cameron Brayt out. The next man up in a Tom Brady quarterback offense, you know, I think he's worth a fantasy pickup. You know, I think so. I, I think I think that's fair. Even though the Bucks, it's weird because like the superpowers of yesteryear, uh, you know, twenty twenty one, the Rams and the Bucks, all these teams that were good aren't doing as good offensively this season. I still think that it's it's worth it. You know, because the Buccaneers aren't a bad team.
1: Let's go over a couple of quarterback streamers for this week. You know, Jared Goff was dropped. You know, over the buy. Would you would you be comfortable starting Jargoff in Dallas this week?
2: It's tough. Um, I don't like the matchup against Dallas' defense. I think Dallas' defense will do much better than they did last week. Um, they had their first, you know, iffy week of the season this season. I think that the Cowboys defense is still going to do their thing. Not to say that um the Lions won't be able to produce at all, but I think that if the Cowboys offense looks any better than it has, this game could be Pretty easily in the hands of the Cowboys. Uh I think that you can start Jared Goff in a pinch, but I'd rather start an another guy. You know, there are other guys. I mean, they the led
1: they, they limited Jalen Hurts to only sixteen point nine fantasy points. Okay, that's Jalen Hurts. Right. Hurst. right yeah. They limited Matt uh, Joe Burrow only to sixteen fantasy points. Everybody else, Tom Brady, they limited him to ten fantasy points in week one. So, you know, there are there are they have been playing pretty well. So yeah, I would be yep. a little bit iffy um to be playing Jared Goff this week. Uh, despite him being a, a solid streamer all all year, all year round,
2: um, we'll if it happens, gonna... yeah, if it happens to be a shootout, you know, yeah, then you know, Jared Goff might have a little bit more value. I don't anticipate that, but you know, if the Cowboys' offense looks good, then there's a chance that they might be playing catch up, negative game script the whole game.
1: For sure, Jimmy Garoppolo going up against Kansas City. I think he is a solid streamer. Uh, in in this game, uh, we saw him give it all. You know. The target distribution was very top-heavy. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. This past week, when they were trying to catch up uh, in a good matchup, and they all did their thing. And Jimmy had a decent day in terms of in terms of fantasy. This week, yeah. go, going up against KC, very similar situation here, where they're going to probably be down because because 49ers defense is banged up. So I can see Patrick Mahomes putting up some points, and they're going to have to throw the ball. So I, I can see them having a good day. Uh, all those rec- all those receivers, as well as Jimmy G. So I do like him as a, a solid streamer this week. All right. Um, let's see. Uh Justin Fields against New England. You know, I can see him doing his thing again. Um, he looked a lot better that last week. And you know, what really matters here is is if he can get those rushing yards up. And if he can, I'm okay starting him. All right. Matt Ryan against Tennessee. I think that's a decent matchup there. Um, I think he can do his thing, depending on you know, who ends up starting for the Saints, like if if James Winston ends up starting for the Saints this Thursday instead of um Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton did end up having a back injury in this game so he might not end up playing um keep an eye on that I, I don't know if I love him just because he's going to be out Michael Thomas love uh, he's gonna be out Jarvis Landry he's, he's just going to have Chris Olave pretty much so I'm yeah. not and he's gonna have Kamara obviously so he's an okay stream for me but once those guys come back that's when I really like the New Orleans quarterback situation. Yeah. And that's about it. Um Marcus Mariota, you know, he's been getting it done for you. So you could play him. Um and you know, you can play him because like, you know, he's been getting it done on the ground game. You know, the one time we recommended Marcus Mariota this week, this year, he didn't go off. He had a terrible game. Um yeah. so you know, but you know, it is what you get. It's what happens like when you're trying to stream quarterbacks, sometimes it doesn't work out. Um Jacoby Brissett going up against Baltimore, you know, he could have a, a, a good day just because you know, Baltimore secondary, you know, they've been playing better over the past couple weeks. weeks. Um, but, you know, we, we, you can really tell how good they looked last week, um, you know, against that team. But uh, I think he's, he, his weapons are going to have some in this game, uh, Njoku and Amari Cooper and Diamond Peoples-Jones, where I think he can throw up two touchdowns in like, you know, 275 yards or something like that. And that'll be a good enough day for a streamer
2: for you. Yeah, he's been a relatively serviceable, you know, quarterback since taking over. He hasn't really left you out to dry outside of last week. He came in with a single-digit fancy performance. But um, outside of that, I think he's had 14 points every week. So he's a good fill-in for now.
1: I would say so. Um, a couple of defensive streamers I like. Uh, I'm okay playing New Orleans against Arizona um, this yeah. week. I am okay playing, let's see, um, looking at who's available, who's you know less than 50% rostered. That's about it. Honestly, oh, yeah. I, I like I like uh, Miami against Pittsburgh at home uh, with Mitch Trubisky most likely starting this week. That's true. Uh, yeah, that could be a good one. And um, you know what? This little sneak: the Jets at home against Denver. Kind of like that. Okay.
2: One. Yeah, I kind of do. You know, the Broncos you have confirmed the, if, that they're no good.
1: It, it's funny because if you look at the projected points, the Jets are one of the lowest. Yeah, <laughs> for this week, but I kind of like them. The Jets defense the hasn't been playing last, well.
2: Yeah, the way they played last last week or two days ago. Yeah, I I, I think the Jets all, defense might be worth a pickup.
1: I think so. I think so. All right, I think that'll do it, guys. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate everybody who has listened. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate all the support that you guys have been giving us. Um, the podcast has been growing a little bit because of you guys. Um, what would what would help us even more is if you subscribed to the podcast so if you're on apple Podcasts, just hit the little plus sign on the top right on the podcast that would mean the world to us that helps us out believe it or not um a ton and uh if you're on spotify same thing if you could subscribe to the podcast uh that'll be amazing if you can write a review on either platform that would mean the world to us we appreciate you guys thank you so much i'll talk to you guys later for zach for faraz see ya